Better question, why wear the uniform of your own oppressors? Fight for them, die for them. Kid, you gotta be part of the system to change the system. Nah, you can burn it down. <laughs> oh no! no. no. Killmonger is a killer. Whoa. He's a killer. Hi, Rhodey. Your own people. Mr. Rhodey. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. Marvel Studios What If Episode 6 is What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark, aka What If 2008's biggest assholes met and built an empire that brought the world to its knees, which is also me and Philip's origin story. <laughs> what, what the, the if? if? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel, our after show for Marvel's What If on Disney Plus, but it's also going to be our sort of breakdown of the What If mid-season trailer that just came mm. out this week. I'm Eric Boss, and folks, I gotta be honest with you, I am spent from working double shifts for the past couple weeks. We had a, a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, then right after that, Shang-Chi, then right after that, a Rick and Morty finale, then mm -hmm. the Marvel Zombies episode, all these What If episodes. Then we had, like, within a few days, a Matrix Resurrections trailer and a Hawkeye trailer. I'm exhausted, so MT is doing me a solid. He is going to give me a week off by handling the Easter egg breakdown for this episode of What If. It's going to come to the channel tomorrow. Uh, but right now, MT and I are just going to react to this episode. MT, yeah. your thoughts? Dude, this episode was uh, it was pretty fun. Like, it's it's cool seeing Killmonger take over Wakanda again because that was his whole mo from ever since he was a child, and he learned that Wakanda messed with his family. So, like, it's just cool seeing that in different universes, he still has that mo and he does it in different ways. So, I, I liked it. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty dark in a lot of ways in that we follow this tragic hero who doesn't, at least yet, get punished for his uh, his crimes, right? <laughs> uh, it's just kind of like, watch, there is a bit of wish fulfillment, dark wish fulfillment, and right. wondering, what if uh, Killmonger was successful? We don't totally see the um, him reaping the benefits of his succession, his literal success, yeah. uh, but I uh, it was fascinating to like, watch him be successful and hoodwink most of Wakanda. Uh, but it seemed to like end in this open-ended place. It makes me think, again, I think we're we're gonna follow up on this story. Um, but a quick recap. So Killmonger yeah. saves Tony Stark from the Ten Rings in Afghanistan. By the way, I love that they just say it's the Ten Rings, not just like right. general terrorists or Raz's group or whatever. <laughs> it's straight up the Ten Rings. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised Tony Stark wasn't like, huh? Ten Rings? What? Uh, but in saving him, Killmonger prevents Tony Stark from ever building his Iron Man armor in a cave with a box, box of scraps! <laughs> and I love how the Watcher shows us that whole history down to Tony Stark saying, I am Iron Man, and right. Snapping Thanos is forced away in Endgame. Uh, but instead, we see Tony Stark's more immature behavior. He never kind of mm -hmm. learned anything from that whole Plato allegory of the cave that that first Iron Man was. Instead, he goes into business with Killmonger, uh, having Killmonger replace Obadiah Stane. Uh, <laughs> and he allows Killmonger to design his Gundam drones that he designed back in school. And you know that had to have been a Michael B. Jordan anime oh, thing, 100%. right? Like, he loves anime. 100%. Yeah. Like, his, his entire costume was based off of Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. So like, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Now they end up getting more vibranium from Claw in that one mm. shipyard that we saw in the Age of Ultron. But uh, Killmonger takes control of the scenario. Uh, T'Challa shows up and he kills T'Challa. Very hard to watch, I gotta say. Mm. Of course that is. Uh, but he also kills Rhodey. <sighs> Rhodey! Uh, and then uh, Tony tries to avenge Rhodey, but uh, Killmonger kills that drone and kills Tony Stark as well. Wow, able to it's get almost away with like it. you shouldn't have hired a man named Killmonger, Tony. I know. Jesus. To killing! <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so Killmonger, it's revealed that he's kind of the same guy he was in Black Panther. He is like, mm. uh, his goal is to take over Wakanda. Uh, and he does this by leading Thunderbolt Ross's army of drones. They, they're able to like mass produce these overnight, really. And then they, he leads them into Wakanda, but then he splits off and then kills Claw. Claw shows him the backdoor entrance to Wakanda and he takes his body into, uh, the country, presents it to the royal family. Uh, and tries to like make nice with them, uh, you know, to showing them his ancestry. Uh, but then he disconnects the drones from Jarvis uh, as they're invading, but then reactivates them, I guess, in order to make the Wakandans think that he's good at leading the Dora Milaje, which is awesomely led by Queen Ramonda. I love seeing I that. I know, she's a general. I love that so much because it makes sense because she great. would. Why not? Why wouldn't yeah. he be the queen be the general? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, um, so he destroys all the, the drones alongside like Okoye, but uh, Shuri doesn't trust him. So even mm -hmm. as T'Chaka makes Killmonger the next Black Panther and he goes to the ancestral uh, plane and uh, T'Challa's like, this isn't going to end well for you. <laughs> uh, Shuri and Pepper team up to tell everyone the truth. But before they can, the episode ends. And once again, it ends right as things are getting interesting. Oh, We need these to be and, an hour, not 30 minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, or I don't think, I think you could tell a self-contained story in a half hour. But like, oh, yeah. you got to let your audience know if this truly is an anthology series or something that is setting up a narrative. And I think right. at this point, MT... These random endings can't just be left like this. I, I think mm. there is a plan to these. The fact that we're getting a clear and clear look at the Watcher each week tells us that each of these stories are building to something. And based on this and some stuff we saw in the mid-season sneak peek, I think we have a pretty good idea of what Ooh. that is going to be. Uh, but I real quick, head on over to NewRockStarsMerch.com and check out our new Shang-Chi designs and our latest obsession, uh, Great Protector shirt, as well as uh, this What If shirt. Oh, there's also a new Morris Stay in the Pocket shirt yeah. that you might love. Um, but if you get the, either the Great Protector shirt or this What If shirt, those are part of our latest obsession line. And you will get the option of leaving a custom shout out that runs during the bottom of the screen during these after shows. Joshua says, what if Thor and Hulk weren't off world for the events of Civil War? Which side would they choose? You know, there was an old episode of Big Question where we talked about that. Like if Civil War was redone. Um, that's It's a, a very interesting question. I would say Hulk... Uh, Bruce Banner's loyalty to Tony Stark as a man of science. I think uh, especially Bruce Banner knowing about the responsibilities of like how dangerous superpowered individuals can be. I think yeah. he'd totally be on Team Iron Man. Whereas mm. Thor, I feel like as a god, he would trust his own hands more than those of the state. Like I don't see the throne of Asgard bending the knee to uh, the UN or whatever Earth-based government. So I think Thor would join Team Cap. Hmm. I think, I don't know about Thor, but I, I definitely think that Hulk would join Team Cap because you just so? him and Ross don't get along at all. So I don't know. Uh, That's just me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I think that is kind of the thing. He'd have to, he'd have to put that behind him. And you're right. That would be kind of tough. But uh, frankly asks, do you think Shang-Chi is responsible for Katie's grandfather's death? Maybe he was the leader of the Iron Gang. You know, a bunch of people have asked me about this. I think oh. it's a fascinating theory. Um, but I think... That was caused by a lot of people watching that opening scene. Spoiler warning for Shang-Chi. I guess it's not too big of a spoiler. It's just kind of a small thing that happens early in the movie. Right. Um, but, like, I think they had this scene showing Katie's grandmother keeping a seat open at the table for the grandfather as a as a statement of the theme of the movie. That it's right. uh, kind of a Western idea to move on from the grief of lost loved ones. 
Um, and uh, it was kind of a warning to Shang-Chi, like, oh, as you're going to meet your father, this guy's going to be very, very attached to his uh, deceased wife, and he's not going to be able to move on. So it's going to be on you to teach him that it's okay to move on. Uh, but I think for a lot of other people, they're like, uh, screw that theme stuff. I want to know who that guy was and assumed it was set up. Uh, I don't think it was intended that way yeah. by the script. Uh, and I don't think it's one of these things where it's so cool to where in the future Marvel will be like, hey, remember this one little thing? It's not like the fun little thing of uh, Cave in the Box of Scraps. I just don't see that character ever coming back, especially since you know, the way Win Wu ends up in this movie. Oh, yeah. And, like, definitely, especially with uh, what we got in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, with the Winter Soldier hanging out with that old guy, like, feeling guilt, I feel like it's, that would sort of be copying that in a weird way. It's like, oh, I'm hanging out with this guy's granddaughter that I killed because, like, I don't know, I just feel guilty about it. But, like, we yeah. just became friends. I don't know. But I don't know if the theory suggests that Shang-Chi's aware of it, but if he's mm. not aware of it, that's pretty coincidental. Two That's billion too Chinese people in the world, and then every dead patriarch of the family. There's only one dead patriarch that just happens to happen to me. Uh-uh. No, I, I think it's roll. an interesting theory, but just a theory. Uh, and then Roberto asks, "What if Eric Voss is a scroll?" Um, what uh, if? We don't I know. Mean, I mean, I, I, till this day, I, I still look at you kind of funny because you, know, I, I don't know. Sometimes you be acting scrolly. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on, Eric? Are you a scroll? You'll find out in Secret <laughs> Invasion. Um. All right, MT, let's get back to this episode of What If. What is our yes. big question coming out of this episode? Well, Eric, what if the Watcher will finally intervene in the season finale and tie up every cliffhanger ending that we've gotten? Because we've gotten a lot of cliffhangers so far. Yeah. You know, I think that's where it's got to be headed now. Because this episode, more than any before, ended with this clear setup for some other act. It's like we ended in the middle of the episode. And it wasn't like <laughs> one of these bleak Twilight Zone cliffhanger endings like the zombie Thanos shot or Strange Supreme. It was just kind of like an uneventful beat of Shuri and Pepper going, we should, we should chat. We should just, it, we have good intuition. We should probably talk. <laughs> wasn't that exciting. Uh, but like, so that's why I'm saying we we're see, we're going to see more of this. And I think mm. the watcher obviously getting closer and closer to us each week. Mm. He is spraying, not saying at this point, I almost <laughs> expect the finale episode empty to be Jeffrey Wright's actual face. Yes. That's the direction we're going. <laughs> Get him in live action. Do some Mary Poppins live action in the animated world stuff. I want to see that Seriously, crossover. Yeah, like we get, you keep getting closer and closer to his face. Like by the finale, I want to be inside of his nostril. <laughs> now let's. We got to talk about this mid-season trailer because it hinted right. that several of these characters are coming back. So mm. Strange Supreme, we already know he was going to meet Captain Carter. There was that weird mm. shot in the preseason trailer, but now in this uh, mid-season trailer, he meets Thor, who says, "Zombies, great idea." <laughs> and that's crazy because I think we're also going to get like a Ragnarok based episode somewhere in the next couple weeks. So right. I think those two are going to meet. Uh, and then we know Chadwick Boseman voiced T'Challa for four episodes in this right. season. And we've seen three so far. So we know there's one more. Also in the mid-season trailer, there's a shot of Black Panther jumping up into the Wakandan throne room. It looks like there's a war going on in the background. That right. could also be Killmonger Black Panther since he is the Black Panther now. We're not really sure, but I think we're going to see more of this story, uh, right. whatever is the case. Um, so just to recap the loose threads. Before, I wasn't always seen as loose threads. I thought the book was closed. We were moving on from that side of the multiverse. But now it seems like, no, some of these things will be coming back. So to recap, the Zombies episode left uh, Zombie Thanos with the six stones, or, or five, but about to be six. 
Uh, there was also Zombie Scarlet Witch and Hulk and, and Bucky that we don't really know what happened to them. And then Thor, Groot, Rocket, and the rest of the Guardians in that zombie side of the universe are still out there. Then the Doctor Strange episode left Strange Supreme crying alone as the Watcher decided not to intervene. But I think that was the turning point of the season. I think that was a moment where the Watcher's like, huh, maybe I should have intervened. No, <laughs> no. I, I think that's going to come back. I think he's going to revisit that decision. He's going to open up that case. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are, rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know... Trying like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. Um, there is the Avengers murder mystery episode that left Fury mm. about to awaken Steve Rogers, and then Carol Danvers showed up. Also, in this mid-season trailer stuff, there's a lot of like Carol Danvers Captain Marvel action. So I think we're gonna follow yes. up with that. Uh, the Star-Lord T'Challa episode left with nice guy Thanos hanging out in Wakanda with T'Challa, the royal family, the Wakandans, and the Ravagers. Meanwhile, Ego found Peter Quill. Mm. And then uh, and then the, the Watcher's like, well, it's the end of that, Molten. That's the end of that universe. Uh, <laughs> and then episode one left Captain Carter with Nick Fury and Hawkeye and then pieces of that same squid monster species that Doctor Strange absorbed in episode four. So mm. I believe that this finale of this se- of this season, at least, is shaping up to be things getting so bad like maybe the multiverse will run out of viable universes for the watcher because every one of them people make bad choices oh my god (laughs) they end up falling (laughs) apart or maybe empty maybe there could be some other crisis spreading throughout the multiverse like the events Mm. of loki unravel a lot of things or like wandavision or no way home you know the way dr strange and peter break everything or maybe something new in multiverse of madness like now maybe the elder gods are pissed off Mm. and the watcher in order to solve that crisis will finally intervene Combining these particular heroes into one team, and maybe by resurrecting the heroes of who died in those universes mm. in order to get this job done. And I think this supposed anthology series has actually been the story of one hero, Uatu the Watcher. As right. he grows, as he changes, he learns. And he's mm. been showing us all these characters for a reason, because this is his team of multiversal oddballs that he's making the case to us are worthy of attention, of worthy of solving a very particular conflict. Uh, and I think he needs these particular people to solve a, a particular threat. And I think that threat could be the Elder Gods, could be whoever uh, Captain Carter chopped up and Doctor Strange sucked in one of them. But based off of the mid-season trailer footage, I wonder if it could be a new incarnation of Ultron as well. But no, I definitely do think that those are the two biggest uh, threats that we could be facing by the end of this series. Um, especially uh, that that Ultron that we haven't seen. We do have, like, images of this, like, super, like, uh, Infinity Stoned Up vision uh, from mm-hmm. in, from promo footage or promo material. 
So we are going to see another type of vision in the future, and that could be Ultron vision, because if you remember in Age of Ultron, Ultron made vision to right. you know, be his new like physical carbon body um, on the on the planet. So, yeah, I think that we could see another Ultron for sure. Uh, but, you know, the, with, with the Elder Gods and, like, these squid creatures that keep getting teased in the series, I definitely feel like that is just the general route that Marvel Studios is going. And what if is the primer for us to get to know these, um, you know, these other interdimensional um, Elder Gods that are just squiddy in nature? Um, so, yeah, I definitely do think uh, Elder Gods for sure. Yeah, I think, like, if not the final episode, one of the episodes this season is going to show us Vision Ultron, uh, mm-hmm. or like what if Ultron was successful in, in forming a new form uh, mm-hmm. that he was trying to build before he, he lost wireless connection, <laughs> whatever <laughs> concept. Uh, but we're going to see, I think Ultron does deserve a second chance to be oh, shown. Yeah. I think we've all been asking for more Ultron stories. I want to see what, kind of like with Killmonger, I really want to see what if Ultron was successful, specifically if he had these six Infinity Stones where would he go with that? Would he James would destroy Spader. all of life, you know? And James Spader is just an amazing voice actor in general. So, like, yeah. he would just deliver an amazing performance there. So, more James Spader, yeah. please. <laughs> so, we have, like, a two general directions of who the ultimate big bad of the series could be. A very tech-based villain like Ultron. Or a super organic biological villain from the multiverse, uh, Elder God, Squid, uh, Shumagorath, whatever you want to call those things. Uh, <laughs> I honestly think what we'll see is the inciting incident of the finale or one of these episodes will be the Ultron threat. Uh, but like the post credit scene of this series will be something that sets up Multiverse of Madness and will be either the, the, the Squid being or something beyond it. Uh, and, and those are either connected with some other entity, but I think really the direction of the series is going to set up Multiverse of Madness. I think that's that's ultimately what they're setting up. Well, here's an interesting idea that just popped into my brain. What if they're setting up a multiversal war scenario? Because we are getting these different factions showing up. So we have the zombies. We sort of have, you know, Killmonger's Wakandans in a way, but like, I don't think that's going to be a threat. Yeah, we do have these Elder Gods. And like, I just, what if they're like, what if we're getting different factions that are just growing now that we're going to see in the future of the MCU. Like, what if Marvel zombies show up in season two of Loki just causing just multiversal shenanigans? So it'd just be, it'd just be well, cool to see different players. I, I think you're right, MT, and I think that's what Multiverse of Madness is going to be. I think mm. it's going to be a multiversal war. I mean, Cumberbatch has talked about this being the most ambitious superhero movie rivaling No Way Home. Oh. I, we haven't seen anything for that movie yet. And I think we're going to start seeing some post credit scenes. The movie's coming out March, right, of 2022. So mm. we, we don't need a trailer yet, but I think at some point before the end of the year, we're going to see a trailer for this movie, and it's going to confuse and delight us. <laughs> but I think we will have needed to see what if before i think they're gonna wait till the end of what if which will be what by the end of uh, september i think the first week of october is the final episode i think right around then let's keep a lookout for a multiverse of madness trailer because i think this series is gonna have a post-credit scene that tells us a lot about what that movie's gonna be fingers crossed i can't wait well, before we continue with more questions from this episode, uh, we want to thank DoorDash for sponsoring this episode. If you're ordering DoorDash more than twice per month, you should definitely get signed up for DashPass, the easiest way to save money on what you're already eating. DashPass is a 
membership that offers unlimited $0 delivery fees from thousands of restaurants, grocery stores, and convenience stores. With your membership, you can save an average of $4 to $5 on each order for delivery or pickup. On average, DashPass pays for itself when you order twice a month. With over 18,000 restaurants eligible for DashPass, you may even find a new favorite restaurant. Flowers, pet supplies, groceries, DoorDash has so much more than just restaurants. Whatever you're using DoorDash for, get those $0 delivery fees with DashPass. Try a month of DashPass now and watch your savings add up. Start or stop your membership anytime after your free trial ends. And if you're ready to save money on your DoorDash orders, DoorDash is offering a free month for DashPass right now. Stop spending money on delivery fees. Try DashPass from DoorDash today for free. And when you've got zero delivery fees, you're free to get more because you can. Start your free month today. We also want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. If you dread looking at your credit card statement every month, Upstart can help lift that weight off your shoulders. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and your employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income. Certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. And we want to thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this episode. Fellas, there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can give you the confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code InsideMarvel at checkout. Just pay the $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code InsideMarvel to receive your first month free. Visit Blue Chew for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this show. All right, MT, it seems like, you know, once again, with this episode of What If, there's always like a... Uh, an implied previous what if. Sometimes it's very clear on screen. Sometimes it's just like, wait, no, there was this other part of the history that set the table this way. In this case, what if the true nexus event of this episode was Killmonger's mission against the Ten Rings? And what was that mission? Yeah, no, like that seems to be the big, like huge thing that's different from our universe, that Killmonger was like infiltrating the Ten Rings. But yeah, no, I do wonder what his actual mission was like within the Ten Rings and like, you know, how he was trying to infiltrate them from within. Because, you know, Ten Rings are themselves a very shady organization that likes to infiltrate sort of like Hydra in different ways. Um, So like because the Ten Rings were so influential, especially during that time, um, it would make sense for there to be like some type of effort to take them down from within. I I think it must be because I don't think they're saying that in the original Iron Man 2008 that we watched, Killmonger was actually already trying to hunt down the Ten Rings. I don't mm. think that they're retconning anything. I think they're that's just what 
happen in this universe. But what I find interesting is when we just watched Shang-Chi, I haven't had time to like properly figure out the exact timeline of those events. I just know when right. general things are taking place on screen. But like when uh, they met in 1996, right? Uh, right. Wen Wu and Lee. And then it seemed like Shang-Chi was born a couple years after that. So maybe around like 99. And then how old was he when Lee died? Was he like seven or eight? So that would make yeah. those events around 2006, 2007. So mm. I don't know. I think like at this point we're saying when Wu has only recently returned to the Ten Rings. So you can imagine this is when he's trying to re-expand his empire. And maybe somewhere in there, like after, uh, after, no, because the leader of the Iron Gang would still be alive. Uh, Shang-Chi didn't go kill him until he was 14. I, I think so that, that would have been later. I think that Wenwu could have, even though he retired to, to raise his kids, he could have just had control over the Ten Rings and just let his operation just go. Uh, like on its own while he was just like i'm not gonna be in charge killing people. like he's just you on guys... the board of directors sitting in yeah it's just calls. like i've retired like i'm here on the side you guys do your thing i've I'm set a up this empire <laughs> yeah i'm a shareholder still a majority exactly. shareholder um i think he i think he put it away i think he was done mm. with it and maybe that's why the empire started to fall apart and the iron gang was able to find the family in the compound and I think that's why things seem to be pretty decentralized. Like, it was interesting how Raza's group, they would still call it the Ten Rings. They were, it, you could argue they were appropriating it. And I think they were able mm. to do that because Win Wu was still kind of rebuilding his network and his empire. It, uh, so I think that's why. I think that's at least a decent answer why. Um, but I would say Killmonger's mission might have been related to, hey, this guy who we thought was retired has now come back. Uh, so we need you to infiltrate these different militant groups that are all using the same iconography around the world and, and see what you can learn. I think that's what his mission was. I don't know why he wasn't assigned that in the live action MCU. Um, yeah. Because I just find the character of Killmonger to have a fascinating journey that I feel Hell like yeah. this... This uh, episode and the uh, Black Panther film, they just didn't really have time to go into that. But, yeah. like, he's a decorated military officer. He's a, uh, he has all these kills, you know, but he's also, like, a genius, did you say MIT student? Yeah, um, he was from MIT. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I, I love his story. He'd be, like, in his 20s, and for him to have all those medals, all those accomplishments, and the guy's, like, in his mid-20s, it's like, whoa. This guy dude is, is like, a superhuman, for sure. Yeah, dude is like Black Zemo on steroids, man. Like, that man <laughs> is a mastermind. Like, he's one of, like, yeah. the few, like, masterminds that we have in the MCU. And I love yeah. him for that reason. Yeah, I I want to see him, like, uh, that's why it was fun to see him succeed. Um, but, like, the way he was just, like, killing people off, like, I wanted him to have, like, a more Loki-esque master plan, you know, mm. for everything that really caught us by surprise. Maybe it's just because we saw him in the Black Panther film. We knew what his uh, his goals were. But uh, the fact that he was... It seems kind of like rushed that he would kill off Black Panther that way. And that he would kill mm. off Rhodey. It seemed kind of like what the... Like, I don't know. What, like, a Steven Seagal action movie villain would be. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Killmonger could find more interesting ways to use these people than just... Oh, hell them. yeah. All right. Another question I want to ask you, MT. One of the 
kind of implications of this episode was what if the world might have actually been a safer place if Tony Stark never became Iron Man? Now, in this case, he meets Killmonger, not necessarily a safer place at all. But had Tony Stark been able to survive uh, Afghanistan if, if those IEDs didn't, you know, blow up the convoy uh, and if he wasn't attacked, did the existence of Iron Man create a chain of events that made the MCU what it is? No, I like that you bring that up because, like, I do love to bring up Vision's quote from Civil War, talking specifically about the introduction of Iron Man being this, like, factor that sort of just made everything crazier um, in the MCU. I think that the world might, I don't know if it would have been safer, but, like, a lot of, you know, crazy things like Ultron and, you know, like, Ironmonger, Whiplash, and, like, the... Peter Parker's rogue, uh, rogue gallery in a uh, freaking... Right. Everyone, in his, in all of movies. Spider-Man's villains are people who use Stark tech. I think the yeah. one argument of Stark making things safer was in the first Avengers film, right? He, right. He's key in the Avengers lineup coming together, and he's the one who flies the nuke through the wormhole. Without Stark, New York probably would have been nuked because, yeah, this you could true. have had other Avengers on that lineup. Maybe you could say Captain Marvel was in there instead or, or some other, uh, or like, you know, some in the Peggy Carter reality, if like they Howard Stark perfected the Iron Man armor, someone else uh, who's equally noble. But I don't know. I think there is an Avengers lineup who could have fought off Loki in 2012, but it was in that moment by nuking the Chitauri fleet, that's what got Thanos' attention. That's what put Earth on their radar. There was that line from Thor where he said, the Tesseract was a signal to other realms that Earth is ready for a higher form of war. As he said, no Ultron. Uh, Civil mm. War would not have been what it was. Arguably, you could say Tony Stark's obsession with putting a suit of armor around the world is what mm. released more and more weapons, at least the way the MCU has told these stories. I'm not saying philosophically that's going to be the case. Without Tony Stark, it's a far more boring cinematic universe, I'll say that, because <laughs> with mistakes, with conflict, come action and uh, exactly. and catharsis and change. And I think it's a better, obviously a better off, but for the for the people walking around, the civilians of this world, I don't think we want to see uh <laughs> tony stark sentries flying around knocking no. houses down uh, not ideal <laughs> skynet's no good now empty before this episode started we were talking about uh we we're just talking about the character of killmonger this episode and, right. and how like he is supposed to be this i guess a tragic hero right he's a hero who, mm. who does bad things are we still rooting for him uh, and we never really see him punished for that. And that's kind of something right. that's been different from all other what if, well, all other what if episodes is most episodes really punish the characters. Dr. Strange does a lot of bad <laughs> stuff in his episode, but ends the episode in this kind of tortuous hell. Uh, the Marvel Zombies episode, as jokey as they all are, they all seem to be pretty punished by the end of that episode. Uh, Christine uh, didn't uh, tip one time, and that's why she <laughs> died multiple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, we're talking about Michael B. Jordan's performance of uh, of this character of Killmonger. And there is something interesting with these actors from the movies doing these animated versions of the characters. I think Michael B. Jordan's such a physical actor and he's such like mm. a powerful presence on screen. A bit of it got lost in some of his animation. And specifically there was when he said Wakanda forever or Wakanda <laughs> forever. It doesn't sound, it just felt weak. It felt wrong. Yeah. I have a theory, real quick, that maybe that might have been intentional because I know Michael B. Jordan is a great actor. And I yeah. wonder if they had him read it that way in order to show that his heart was not really in Saving Wakanda. Mm -hmm. That he knows deep down he doesn't care about the 
the state of Wakanda. He cares about helping his brothers all over the world. So by he can't say Wakanda forever with the gusto that all the other characters say it because it's in his mind not really what his priority is. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense because he doesn't give a damn about Wakanda. Like he's like, who cares about Wakanda? I don't care if if Wakanda like ended tomorrow. Who gives a shit? Like it's, it's it wasn't really Wakanda forever for him. It was Wakanda until my needs are met. Sort of right. Hillbogger. So like, yeah, I would probably phone it in too if I had this master plan and like, you know, like, all right, now I got to do the battle. All right, Wakanda forever, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my hope for season two, going looking forward on the series, right? I hope that like the actors that they're able to get, because ultimately it's so exciting that they're able to bring these actors back in these roles and oh, yeah. take them in completely different hypothetical directions. I love that. I think we're both very grateful for that. But uh, I hope that somewhere between the animators and the writing team and the showrunners, the directors can work with these actors and show them what it's going to look like in the final product and be like, mm. look, it's you have to do a bit more. As, as a voice actor for animation, you have to do far more characterization in your lines than you right. would normally do if it was your face on screen. Because actors are used to using all tools in the tool chest, right? Just little ticks on. They're used to playing small, right? Because if you play cartoony and big over the top on screen, your face is an IMAX size. People are gonna be like, "Whoa, tone it down." But in uh, an animation, you have to dial up your mm. vocal delivery a bit more than you would. But it's still a difficult balance because you don't want to be stupid and cartoony, even <laughs> though it is animated. Uh, you don't want to be too silly, uh, mm. but you do have to like. You have to do more storytelling with your delivery. And I hope that they can continue to build on that in season two. Well, we'll leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. MT and I will be back next Wednesday with our What If Episode 7 reaction. And again, MT, I'm sorry we've delayed you so much. You got to get back to working on the breakdown. And I very much appreciate you uh, taking that off my plate this week. I can't wait to see what you find from this episode. Uh, and that's going to come out on the channel tomorrow, so keep a lookout for that. Follow me at Voss, follow MT at Mastertainment, follow New Rockstars, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching, and we'll close with our favorite moment of the episode. Hey, hey, if we could miniaturize an arc reactor, oh, that's a dumb idea.